Well, welcome to Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA. It's late in the evening on Thursday, June 30th. It's soon to be July 1st. Flip over the league year. Is it July 1st, 2025 at this point? This day felt like it was like five days. Five it's years, a, I mean. It's almost 11 o'clock, but it feels like 4 a.m. to me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but not be good because that's what I'm getting up tomorrow. Uh, that's Tim Bontemps, who's with... Uh, with me in New York, we were uh, in the ESPN studios all day. Joining us from Dallas, Texas, is Ben McMahon. Saw a lot of Ben McMahon on the TVs there at uh, Seaport Studios. I kept walking by, saw Ben McMahon doing TV. It was good to see. Can you shut up before I get a Howdy Partners out? I'm trying to <laughs> stay awake, make, buddy. Let me make my proper introduction. Howdy Partners. I was trying to give you credit. I'm trying to stay awake. Well, whatever you're sipping on ain't going to help. <laughs> just some iced tea man <laughs> um all right so we had a lot of signings but that's not the story obviously um mm. thought this was possible uh, wasn't sure that kevin durant was going to go go through with it i think a lot of people felt that way um he makes the trade demand um seems like the nets are going to acquiesce but the, the measure, the, the way they which acquiesce will be the story probably of the offseason. Um, there's a lot There's a lot happening right now. As you can imagine, uh, a lot of the league is going to be affected by this. Um, however this deal goes down, whenever it goes down, there's going to be side deals that happen, um, tremors off of the main quake, uh, reverberations, fallout, et cetera. Think back um, to 2019 when Kawhi Leonard changed teams. This the, it's the last time somebody of this caliber changed teams in this manner. It's going to be a similar impact this time around. Uh, as we sit here tonight, um, my my feel is that, that this eventually could be a multi-team trade, just mm-hmm. whatever it takes to Durant. Um, but that could change. Um, we'll maybe talk about that a little bit. Uh, first off, you know, I don't really want to rehash what happened in, in Brooklyn. There's a lot of time for that. I, I don't think it's, we've talked about it a lot. I don't think it's particularly useful unless either of you are like dying to get a takeoff about that. I just think <laughs> I feel like I, we've had, we've had a couple yeah. of years to get our takes off on that. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think we could just say it pretty simply. There were, you know, we're here because of two days, the day the Nets sent Kyrie Irving away from the team because he wouldn't get a vaccine shot in the day they brought him back to the team before he got a vaccine shot. That's all it comes down to. Uh, Everything else is window dressing, but that's why we're here. And that's all we need to say. Okay, so let's look forward here. Uh, the Nets are going to make two moves almost certainly. Uh, one to send out Kyrie and one to send out Durant. It's possible they could be connected, but um, it's too early to really tell that. Um, Phoenix is, you know, if, I got to say something about the sports books. There's some people in the sports books who are getting good information, or at least the betters are getting good information because last week we saw the betting change with Paolo Bancaro 24 hours before he got drafted number one. Early this week, Phoenix moved towards the front of the odds to, mm-hmm. was to win the title or win the West. And it was about the time when I, I was hearing that Durant was going to ask for a trade and I was hearing that Phoenix was where he wanted to go. And I was like, hot damn, these guys are on it again. And I didn't know if it was gonna. I, I didn't know whether Durant was gonna was gonna actually do it. And you know, Kevin sometimes can change his mind on things. So, um, so Phoenix is is the place where he wants to go. I feel reasonably confident of that. I think Miami mm-hmm. 
is second. What I'm not confident over, Fontemps, is that Phoenix is going to be able to give Brooklyn what they want. And I'm also not confident that in, in what Brooklyn is going to prioritize, either how the leverage is going to work. So let's just, let me ask you this. How do you think the leverage is going to play out here with Durant and especially wanting to go to Phoenix? I think Kevin Durant's going to be a Phoenix son. And here's why. I think when you look at these trades, there's a nexus point between what the player wants and what the team wants, right? Now, obviously, the Nets are putting up a front. They're going to do whatever they want in this trade and get whatever they want. Because as you love to say all the time in all sorts of situations, this is a negotiation, right? It's a negotiation on a lot of fronts. It's been one of the most complicated and consequential negotiations in the history of the NBA. But when you look at this situation right here, Kevin Durant, would like to play for the Suns. We all can agree on that. The Phoenix Suns also have a lot of stuff the Brooklyn Nets would want. They're not going to get Devin Booker in this trade, and we'll get to that why in a minute. But they've got Mikael Bridges. They've got DeAndre Ayton they could put in a sign-and-trade. They've got Cam Johnson, three young, good, controllable players. Mikael Bridges in particular on one of the best contracts in the league. Mm-hmm. On top of that, the Phoenix Suns have every control of every single draft pick they have for the next seven years. As we know... And as you've written about a bunch of times, Brian, that is the currency of making these kinds of trades. So you look around at these other teams that places where Kevin Durant might want to go. Miami doesn't have many picks outside of Bam. Their package is pretty suspect in terms of getting a guy like KD. Mm-hmm. The Lakers, they don't have the package. To get Real KD. quick, they can't trade KD for Bam anyway, right? Now. Unless Ben Simmons because is off. The they roster. have to move Ben. They can't have Ben Simmons and, and Bam on the team. They can't have Ben Simmons. And do you uh, want to explain that real quick? Why? Yeah. So you can't have two designated players to make a long story short. You can't have two designated players on your team that you acquired. You want by to explain trade. what a designated player is guys on five-year max contracts off their rookie deals. You can't have right. two of them. You can have one guy on your team that you drafted and one guy on your team that you traded. And they and the Nets obviously would have two that they traded for. Mm-hmm. So, but even still, you look at you look around these other teams, the Lakers, all the other, you know, the Warriors aren't trading for them. The Bulls don't have much to trade. They're not trading to the Knicks. So you, you kind of check off the normal like big. Well, market. the Lakers could trade Anthony Davis for him. They they could trade Anthony Davis for him, but to me, I if I'm the Nets, I would rather have a package of a bunch of picks and young controllable All right, players. Well, just than acknowledge Anthony Davis. that they could trade. Sure. They, they, they could, could trade Anthony Davis or Kevin Durant. Sure. They could do that. I don't think that is a trade that they're going to do. So yeah. to me 2027, 2029, you know. I, I think it, I think they, the Phoenix, they could get something going if they were, if they were determined to, I think. Perhaps. I think the Suns fit that nexus. And the other reason, the other thing to go back to real quick. Let's go back to 2004, the similarly consequential trade. Shaquille O'Neal gets traded from the, the Lakers to the Heat. The Heat go, the Lakers go to the Heat then and said, hey, we want Dwayne Wade. He'd say, we're not trading Dwayne Wade mm-hmm. under any circumstances. Coming off his rookie year, they see he's going to be a superstar. They don't want to move him. The Heat, the Lakers come back to the Heat a couple days later, say, all right, we would like to do this for Lamar Odom. Kobe would like to play with Lamar. We'd like to have Lamar on our team. The Heat had spent years trying to get Lamar Odom on their team. They just had a great run, second round of the playoffs. Dwayne was a rookie, looked like this. They were a team ascending in the Eastern Conference. But the Heat knew. Didn't they O'Neal. just signed Lamar Odom to a contract? Yes. They, they just, really just signed. I th- he was on the team the year before, I believe, when Dwayne was a rookie and they went to the second round under Sam Van Gundy. Um, but they looked at it and said, we have to give up something to get Jack. We're going to, Lamar Odom's going to be the centerpiece of the trade. And it ended up being Lamar Odom, Karan Butler, 
and a first round pick. Brian Grant was in it. There was a couple other things involved, but essentially draft compensation, two really good young players. That I think is the basic package you're talking about here. Really good young players, which the Suns have, and a ton of draft picks, which the Suns have. So to me, that's why with Kevin wanting to go there and the Suns having at least the kinds of things you need to get these trades done, I think that's why this is going to end up happening one way or the other. But you've got the Nets saying, hey, (laughs) we let you guys run this franchise for two years, and now we find ourselves in this situation. You've got four years left on your contract. Why does Kevin Durant get to determine which teams they're negotiating with? And it's a lot of huffing. It's a lot of puffing. We've we've been down this road before. It's always been with guys, though, who had – one year left on the contract or two years left on the contract, four years left. Why, if, if you're the Nets, what's stopping you from, for example, calling the Pelicans and saying, hey, let's start with Brandon Ingram and a whole ton of picks. You got Lakers, you know, Lakers pick and swaps. You got Bucks picks and swaps. You got all your own picks moving forward. Um, you know, throw, throw in some some filler to make the, the money work. Maybe, a, you know, some of the promising young players, whatever. What's to stop the Nets from from doing something like that and saying, hey, you want to go to Phoenix, but we think we can get a better deal. And I'm using New Orleans as an example of sure. a team where, you know what, that what's the best chance that Pelicans have of putting together a contender, taking a huge swing like this? Why, when you're making these trades, why it's do you a, get all these It's a Kawhi picks? Leonard type trade, except for you, you get the player for four years, not one. Exactly. So, and if you're Sean Marks, I'm sorry, you owe – Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, absolutely nothing. You, you, you don't owe them. They're owed what's left on their contract. But as far as them dictating the business of the Brooklyn front office, what's in it for the Nets? And, and, and the Nets are in this position where, you know, typically you're, you're forced to trade a superstar of this caliber. Okay, let's strip it down and go, go into rebuild mode. Well, damn. Can't do that because all of your draft capital <laughs> for the foreseeable future is owned by the Houston Rockets, who who suddenly come out of the James Harden trade smelling like roses. Okay, well, so go ahead. Let Ryan. me just so here's a basic tenet about trading star players, and it doesn't apply to every star player trade, but to go along with what Bontemps said earlier. If you're going to trade for Kevin Durant, you're going to trade for him because you think you can win a championship. Mm-hmm. Probably in the very short term future. Ideally, you'd like to be contending it right then. Because, by the way, Kevin Durant, while he is signed for four years, is 34 and has had a bunch of injury issues the past. That's years. right. That, the big difference between not Kawhi minimizing the talent of Kevin Durant, but that right. those are factors here. The, the difference between Kawhi and Durant is that Kawhi was vastly younger, although coming off a injury. And the other difference too is that the Toronto Raptors ultimately didn't pay a very heavy price for Kevin for Kawhi Leonard. That's fine. Because that was a one-year deal, not four. So typically, you're gonna you're gonna want to have other stars on your roster, or at least other at least one other star on your roster. And if you have to trade that star to get the star the, the other star player, you've defeated in general. You've defeated the purpose. You talked mm-hmm. about the Shaquille O'Neal situation. If they had traded Shaq for Dwayne Wade, they maybe move the ball down the field a lot, but not what they're looking for. And this is typically what happens in star player trades. You rarely get the prime package if the prime package is a player. Right. If the prime package is a pick, sometimes you will get that. Or if, 
or if it's if it's a if it's a nice piece, but it's not the team's best player, you can get that. And this is why Bill Simmons has talked about this. Uh, Bill Simmons used to he coined a phrase. He would say, "In the NBA, four quarters doesn't make a dollar." And this is what happens a lot of times with star trades. You take a star, the dollar, trade him for four quarters, but it's not the same. It's it does not the same. So historically, the Nets have an uphill battle here, mm-hmm. uh, trading a star because the team that acquires them, like you know, in this in the case of the Suns, first off. Before the night is over, Devin Booker is going to qual- is going to uh, sign or at least commit to um, a, a brand new supermax contract for two hundred and thirteen million dollars. He will he will not be able to be traded, and right. they wouldn't trade him because if they trade Devin Booker for Kevin Durant, they're not really closer to a title. Maybe Durant's a little bit better than him at the top of his game, but they're not closer. It's not a trade that is productive, and you know you can go throughout the league and, and you're not going to find that. So. Even more than the fact, you know, because I see people saying, well, Durant just won't go. He won't report. You know, he'll just say, I refuse to go. <laughs> okay. um, I mean, no, he'll have to go. But the team may be soured on because they so McMahon, you do bring up an interesting point in New Orleans. Now, maybe I haven't thought about this enough. I mean, we're still processing it. It's just really been a few hours. We have to talk to all of our sources. I've talked to some, but I haven't done a full vet. I do think New Orleans is an interesting situation because mm-hmm. they could trade something that I would ask for Brandon Ingram. Right. Uh, I think Bontemps on TV or something we were doing today, you said you asked for Zion. Is that right, Bontemps? Not me. Oh, I'm with somebody you. else who said that. I would ask for Ingram. I think Ingram is actually a decent facsimile of Kevin Durant. He's not as good, but they're similar type. He's not as good, but you you are trading for him. You know, he hadn't even hit his prime yet. Uh, Certainly a lot easier to make the money work there. You know, I throw in Larry Nance and then it's just, you are trying to get a historic hall of picks. And again, they have the 2024 Lakers. They've got two future bucks, still a Lakers swap. Uh, I think a couple bucks swaps and all of their own picks. I mean, they right. could put together a massive package. Right. Of picks. So I, I, now the thing about it is you, you would have to, I think kind of sell Durant on being excited to go there. Now I would just say that. You can show them all tra- those uh, Zion pregame dunks from last year. <laughs> when they traded for CJ McCollum at the trade deadline. Um, I know CJ put on a good face, but I think when he heard the initial idea, he didn't love the idea of going to New Orleans. Uh, that's what I've been told. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he had an opportunity to spend time with people in the organization and take a better look at what the Pelicans actually had. And within a short period of time, was completely turned around on it. Uh, and not only was comfortable going there, but was like excited about going there. Uh, and I think there's a decent chance that in this short term future here, he might even get in a contract extension. Um, and so, uh, I don't know, maybe whatever was said by David Griffin, members of the organization or whatever, maybe that could be applied to Durant. Um, right now I see that as sort of a dark horse possibility because that not, no one's told me that just to be clear, but that, right. They have the kind of package that could satisfy it. You, you're just looking at at the players they have, and we have, you know, they've got a bunch of intriguing young players. Herb Jones, all the other young picks. I would they, want they Herb have. Jones, right? Right. I mean, you, they've got a lot of guys who Brooklyn could ask. You could you could put together a very intriguing package, and I think have the Pelicans 
vault into legitimate contender status with big asterisk, a healthy Zion. But there's something else I want to bring up. And I like to say this a lot. Uh, a three-team trade is a no-team trade. I hear all the time three-team trades. In the last five days, I've heard like four or five three-team trades <laughs> that were interesting. You know, one of them was involving your Rockets, McMahon. And it would have been very interesting, an interesting trade. And it died. And how close was it? Was it on the 37-yard line? Was it on the its own two-yard line? I don't know. But three-team trades are no-team trades. Okay, that's my belief, and I say it for a reason. Um, however, there are scenarios uh, where I think Phoenix might be able to take what they have to offer, offer it to another team to pick up potential assets, mm -hmm. and then swing those assets over to Brooklyn that might be more appropriate. I do think in this situation where so many teams may try to get involved in that bond temps, but that is not out of the realm of possibility and probably what it might take, because I don't think Brooklyn is absolutely in love with what Phoenix got to offer. No, I'm it's, it's not, I'm not saying it's the perfect package. If it was, it'd be done already. Right. Like it's, it's not perfect, but again, like to McMahon's point, you could just send Kevin Durant anywhere, but if you're giving up 14, you know, 12, 10, 12, 14, whatever, name the ridiculous number of picks you want to do to make this happen. Right. If you're doing that kind of trade, if you're the Pelicans, it's one thing if you know the guy wants to be there. It's another if you got to try to sell him on the idea of being happy there. Like it's just it adds a several levels of headache mm. to a deal where you're obviously putting everything on the line to make that kind of trade. And so, like I said, to me, I just think when you line these things up across the board, um, I think there's just to me, the Suns are the one team that could get in the game here that has real trade assets that make sense to go to Brooklyn. And like you said, Brian might end up having to turn some things into other things, but still they are the one team where Durant wants to go there. They have a ton to trade. And when you look at these scenarios and how they tend to play out, I think that's why I think he's going to end up there because look, if, if they didn't have anything and it was just like, well, he wants to go to a couple, like he wants to go to the, let's say his list was the Lakers and Clippers. Like, mm -hmm. okay, then I could maybe see it being a little more, of a, well, I don't know where he might wind up because it's not realistic to go to these teams or the, whatever, the Lakers or Bulls or whatever, like teams that just don't have a ton to trade uh, wow. in big markets. The I mean, you said this, you said this to me, to trade. you said this to me earlier. I want you to have full credit for this. The Kevin Arnovitz from ESPN just did a story with inside access to the Suns where a big part of the story was how they don't really care that much about the draft. That's correct. If you're uh, the Phoenix Suns story, and you don't care about the draft, trade your draft for Kevin Durant. Throw them, throw yeah. them all. Throw all, the, all, all the picks, all the swaps. Why not? So Why when, not? You, when you look at the trade package, you're like, boy, I don't know, Miles Bridges, Cam Johnson. Macau Keep in Bridges mind that – trade for Miles right now. <laughs> um, apologies. It's been a long day. Uh, yes, Mr. Mr. Miles long, Bridges. long day for him, too. Had, did not get a deal on the first day, and I don't think he's going to get one on the second day. Um, and uh, – you know, my, Mikhail Bridges, who is the epitome of the type of player that Sean Marks says he wants. Um, but, you know, you have to think about the draft compensation, too. And not only will they have it, but, you know, that draft compensation could be used for other players that Brooklyn could end up wanting. Well, and, and it's so critical because Brooklyn 
controls none of their own picks. That's right. Uh, through well, I forget the exact year, but what twenty twenty eight? I think it's the next four years. Is it the next four it's years? At least the next. It's at least the next. So, I think six. I think they they still owe two unprotected picks and three unprotected swaps. Yeah. Okay. So let before we talk about Kyrie Irving, I want to talk about the Miami option, which is sort of Durant's second option, as far as I've been told. Is the roller coaster of starting a new small business throwing you for a loop? QuickBooks can help you get paid, run payroll, and know where your business stands from the start. New business, no problem. Success starts with Intuit QuickBooks. Learn more at quickbooks.com. QuickBooks payroll, QuickBooks, and payment QuickBooks online account required. Ah, that sound has to make you smile. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Synchronize your online and in-person sales. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting, conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. So go to shopify.com slash hoop, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash hoop right now. Shopify.com slash hoop. Because of the designated player, they can't trade Bam out of bio unless they trade Simmons in a separate deal, which... Now, again, we're talking about three-team trades or a humongous trade to Miami, which I don't like the chances of either. Um, the primary assets in this deal that you'd, be, you'd basically be leading with if you were Miami are Tyler Hero, uh, six-man of the year, uh, Max Struess, um, quality prospect, um, Duncan Robinson, signed for four more years. This is not – this is not – this is why – this is why I keep saying he's not going to Miami. They just do not have enough to get in the game. Miami can offer three first-round picks, but before they do that, they have to make a separate deal with uh, Oklahoma City. Not, not enough. Not enough. Yeah. Not close. So, I mean, I don't, you know, again, I don't, I don't see Brooklyn wanting Jimmy Butler. I don't see Brooklyn wanting Kyle Lowry unless it's part of a deal to get other players that they're very excited about. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, you can you can put a trade into the trade machine to make it work. Um, it's, Problem I, is, I don't, you have to get you have to get Sean Marks' approval to actually make the if, trade. If happen. his list was one team long and it was Miami, to McMahon's point earlier, then I'd be talking in New Orleans and lots of other teams because Miami just doesn't have what it takes to get a Kevin Durant trade done. I just I okay. don't think I can't imagine how that would happen. All right, let's talk about let's talk about Kyrie Irving. Well, one 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 other quick question. Getting back yeah. to the Suns, do we think the DeAndre Ayton uh, restricted free agency is on hold because of the KD situation? I think a bunch of league business is now going to be on hold. 
if you don't already have your contract or you're not a sort of a, I think we're in, I think we're in the same position we were in, in 2019. When, if you guys remember on July 1st, a whole bunch of stuff happened, you know, Al Horford signed a bunch Mm -hmm. of things happened. And then there was four or five days where we waited for what Kawhi Leonard was going to do. And in that four or five days, there were like two signings and nothing happened. And then when Kawhi chose to go to the Clippers, then the Paul George trade happens and a bunch of other stuff happened. I think we're in a similar pause as we wait to see what happens here with Kevin Durant. Cause everybody's going to wait and see, can we get in the game for Kevin Durant? And as Brian said, until that deal happens, or when that deal happens or, you know, as it's happening, there's going to be all these ripple effects that are going to sweep up into these other teams too. And I think, Kyrie is going to be one of them because my mm-hmm. guess would be that they're going to wait and see what they get for Durant before they consider what they're going to get for Kyrie. Uh, I guess it's possible they could be involved in the same trade. Um, I mentioned earlier that somebody had floated to me the possibility um, that if they were going to be traded together, if Kevin and Kyrie um, still wanted to play together, which I don't know the answer to that. My, my, under, my feel is that that is not the case. Um, but if they still want to be together, I don't I'm, not even, I'm not even going to keep talking about it. It's if they still want to be together, man, KD is the most loyal dude as far as friendships go in the history <laughs> it, it, of the it, world. It doesn't make sense. I I'm mean, trade him to Denver so they can reunite with DeAndre. My goodness. Uh, we got DeAndre yeah. Jordan in. I was waiting to see how we were going to do it, and we got him in. <laughs> Bravo. No, I think he'll be a good fit in Denver, certainly off the floor. <laughs> Um, all right. So Kyrie, uh, I I don't think it's going to take much to get Kyrie. I don't think the cost is going to be much with the exception. This ain't, this ain't ain't the KD sweepstakes Kyrie. I don't think the the market will be quite as, uh, intense. The problem is he makes 36 million. So you're gonna have to trade quite a bit to get there. What we don't know is what will come back in the Kevin Durant trade. and how that's going to affect the salaries that the Nets have. Um, dumping salary may be something that the Nets want to do in this trade, or maybe something that's not as important, and they might be willing to take on salary if you're willing to entice them with a draft pick. So it's kind of hard to 100% read where Kyrie is going. But just start – like I thought the Mavericks would be a team that would have interest in Kyrie, and, bon- and uh, McMahon, you say – Well, you know, listen, I, I have heard – that the Mavericks were in the, you know, kind of, I'll say doing due diligence. I ran it by uh, somebody who, who uh, has some, you know, some influence with the Mavericks and got a profane reply in the uh, <laughs> shooting it down. I don't always believe. Sometimes you don't find things believable and maybe this is still a lie, but I find it plausible that that could be a reaction. Well, and let, let me just, you know, this is total hypothetical, total hypothetical. But I don't think that there is going to be much of a market for Kyrie. What if the Mavericks could flip the two contracts that Washington kind of dumped on them from the Porzingis deal and, you know, a pick, something like that? A pretty underwhelming well, uh, return. Again, I, again, I will say, I will it, say, because you're talking about Davis Bertans and Dinwiddie, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie. who Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie's no longer a negative contract. That that was the perception when he left Washington. I don't well, think, I think it is need, now. By the way, I think they need Dinwiddie, but um, who the Mavericks? Yeah, unless they have Kyrie. Well, you want to trust Kyrie? I wish you good luck. 
Well, but this, um, but but this, I McMahon brings up a good a, point it, though, because I think, a, I think to McMahon's point, with Kyrie Irving, normally you want guys who are talented like Kyrie Irving on long-term mm-hmm. contracts. The fact that Kyrie has opted into this expiring deal, and it, to your point, Brian, it's a very large expiring deal. In a lot of ways, you have to look at this like Russell Westbrook. Now, Kyrie is a way better player right now than Russell Westbrook, but it's from the standpoint that if you're a team like Dallas, what do you have to lose making a trade like that from the standpoint that if it doesn't work, okay, say, say Kyrie comes there, it's a disaster, you send him home two months into the season. Then you have two or three months before the trade deadline, with a $36 million expiring contract right, you, that you can then reroute for other stuff. It isn't like he's on out a $180 million deal. Of, yeah, you're out of pick. And, you know, I think if it starts being multiple picks, then the price is too high. But you're out of pick. and But you've – financially, it's a great deal for the Mavericks. You know, well, that's you've, why cleaned, I you've want, cleaned your books that, up. That, that's why you want to see if you're, when you're Brooklyn whether or not they're willing to take on money because – you know, people have floated Miami for Kyrie, and I've seen Duncan Robinson floated in there. Well, right. maybe Brooklyn doesn't want four years of Duncan Robinson in a Kyrie trade. Maybe they want to clean their books. And what I'm getting towards is, you know what I'm getting towards. I'm getting towards a team that wants Kyrie, that Kyrie wants, and has a one-year contract. Hey, LA. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So the thing about a Westbrook trade is it would clean the books, uh, not to clean the books, but it, w- it would be off the books in one year. Now, it is $11 million more. And if the Nets are, again, let's see what happens in the Durant trade. If they make the Durant trade and they are in the tax, taking on $11 million more for Russell Westbrook ain't well, going to be almost, too palatable. I mean, almost no matter what the Nets do, they're going to be very expensive because just to trade Durant, you have to take back a lot of money. So they're, they're going to be, after yeah. the Durant trade, they're going to be expensive anyway. And that's what I keep, well, we've talked about this a bunch today off the pod, but I keep saying about this Westbrook thing, it would be exponentially expensive for the Nets to do that trade um, with Russell Westbrook because you're. It's not just the eleven million difference. You're also talking about like way into the tax multipliers of money there. So it, well, and, it's and a more complicated it, thing. Well, let me just say this. Let me just let me just get this out. I want to get the dynamics of this out. So Westbrook makes eleven million dollars more. Okay. Mm-hmm. If here's something else that's important to understand: Kyrie Irving has a trade bonus. <laughs> of $5.5 million. Thank you very much. I will take $5.5 million on my way to uh, Teterboro. Now, uh, by the way, so the, 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 I believe the team that trades Kyrie, the Nets pays, I believe. That's that correct. That's right. So if you're the Nets and you're looking at, man, we have to take $11 million extra on if we get uh, Westbrook. But if you send Kyrie to LA, you may be able to say to them, Kyrie, how about you waive that trade bonus? Mm-hmm. He might do that. So all of a sudden, you're left. going to leave 30 mil on the table, but he might leave five and a half. Okay. Well, you say we're not trading to LA. I mean, this, this is, I mean, this is what happened to Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis left the trade bonus on the table. So um, if he did that, now all of a sudden, the difference in actual, you know, in the salary difference is now cut in half. Now, the $11 million that goes to the Lakers, okay? I talked about this on the pod on Monday. Um, that in the actual money is like 25 or $30 million because the Lakers are in the tax. So in addition to the extra actual salary, you'd have to, you know, you know, you'd save 11 million that you would have to pay Kyrie plus you save the tax dollars. So now if you're the Lakers, you're looking at saving 25, $30 million on this deal. Now for a team like the Clippers, 25 or $30 million, eh, you know, 
it's not something that causes Steve Ballmer to pause. The Lakers. I don't know why you savings. keep talking about the dollar savings here. The Lakers are desperate. You don't the, know the, why the, the I keep poor, talking small about market it? Lakers. Excuse me, my good friend. You I'm know just, that there's six there's six bus children, and if you save thirty million dollars, let's do the math. That's an extra five million dollars for each bus child. That matters in LA. Yes, plus the Ramos is get a cut. I understand that. My point is so more. Say, I, so again, so so hold on, please. So why does the saving the thirty million dollars matter to the Lakers? Because the money matters there. And if you tell them that you're saving $30 million, that changes the arithmetic on whether they will be willing to include. That first you know what changes the arithmetic on being willing to add the picks? Because Russell Westbrook is a disaster and Kyrie Irving is way better than him, even with all know, the other Timothy, baggage that comes with. I know, Timothy, but in Los Angeles, you got to start with the money. You really? start with I, the money. If, if I'm Rob Polinka, and, you know, I'll, I'll charm up the buses and I say, hey, Sean Marks, you know, let's get it close to even money. We'll let you go ahead and throw Seth Curry in on that on that deal. We'll we'll we'll, we'll take Seth off your hands. We'll take well, one of the best shooters in the NBA. I'm trying to explain how the Lakers would justify giving a, a first round pick. And I, so, well, how they justify it is they would get rid of Russell Westbrook and bring back Kyrie Irving. It's their one chance to turn and they Russell would Westbrook say, into a good player. And here's what they would say. Brooklyn, where are you trading Kyrie? Do you have 11 no. offers? Because if you, well, if you get 11 offers, we may have to offer. If they have if exactly, they have exactly zero offers of anything good for Russell Westbrook, which is why, well, they have nothing. They might have no good offers for Kyrie Irving too, which is why they might say, you can send them out here and maybe we'll give you a second. So anyway, I'm not getting well, into, into the, the details, would, the, but uh, well, the Nets would rather just send them home. Like, that's the thing. Like I, look, if the Lakers could get Kyrie Irving, in a, in a Russell Westbrook trade, I'm pretty sure they'll do whatever it takes to get him. Remember, I there was don't one think team, that's necessarily true. There was one team that was willing to do a sign and trade for Kyrie Irving. That was the Lakers. Why? Because Lakers were desperate. They're still and desperate. LeBron wants it done. Well, there's well, that's part of the reason. The mm-hmm. Lakers are desperate. They're just as de- in that situation. The Lakers are the desperate team. Because it's their one, if, ch- it's their one chance to be a contender a, this year. If they have no other offers, they could. Kyrie could ask for a buyout and the Lakers get him for the freaking minimum. Well, they could ask so, for a buyout or the Nets could just have him chill and have an expiring contract to turn into stuff. Like I, that's not, this isn't a, this is the, the Lakers don't have the bar. I just don't believe the Lakers have the bargaining chip here that you think they do. The Lakers are stuck. Oh, oh Tim, I'm not saying I'm not arguing. They should, I'm just arguing the way I think the negotiation is going to go. Okay. I think the negotiation would be we could get Kyrie Irving for Russell Westbrook here. Take the picks and we're going to do it. I think that would be it. I don't like to me, that's what would happen. Maybe I'm wrong. You haven't, you haven't been watching how the Lakers have been operating. Well, the Lakers have been operating in that sense because all the talk about Russell Westbrook has been about for like, you know, spare parts and then two first round picks. I will say this if they can trade however the picks work out, if they can trade Russell Westbrook for Kyrie Irving, that is a Hail Mary. As somebody said to me today, people have been trying to force their way to the Lakers for 75 years. I said, no, bro, 76. Because Kyrie is trying to force away in the 70s, so trying to force it. Um, all right. Obviously, we'll talk a lot more about that in the coming days. I really hope we're not going over this for a, a week, two weeks. <laughs> Well, we're doing it. We're doing a video pod tomorrow. I have a feeling we'll be talking about it again tomorrow in some form. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not available tonight. I should say Friday night. Uh, Friday night. Now let's talk about the play of the week. 
the pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. ESPN, in partnership with Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions, presents The VC Show with eight-time NBA All-Star Vince Carter and co-host Roz Golden-Woody, who talk all things basketball with some of the biggest names in sports entertainment. They will give their unfiltered thoughts on the NBA, and Vince will share his stories from his illustrious 22-year career. That's the VC Show. Listen wherever you get your podcast. Okay. Uh, we had a whole bunch of deals go down, several dozen deals. Um, McMahon, is there anything that jumped out to you that we saw in these deals that happened so far? Oh, man. I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to think. Oh, wait through. a minute. 30 second could... timeout. We have trivia. We have trivia, which I forgot a, to do. That's last a twenty-second timeout signal there. Yeah, sometimes we go. Sometimes we go for twenty seconds, and then we go to the full. Okay. Uh, All right, pal. Trivia is brought to you by Carmax on the lot or online, and with the home delivery in select markets. We forgot last week. That's right. Montemps, you're on the clock. Now it's time for a hoop collective trivia from our man Stats Williams. Uh, speaking of the guy we've spent half the pod talking about so far, uh, Kevin Durant averaged 29.9 points this season and is about to be traded, presumably. There are three players in the history of the NBA who scored 30 or more points in a season per game and were traded that offseason. Who are those three players? Well, one of them is famously Moses Malone. That is correct. You said average 30? Well, more than Durant, so he averaged 29.9. So 30 or more points in a season, then we're changed teams was, that offseason. Was Rick Barry one of them? Incorrect. But all same time frame, though. Players from the mid-70s mid 80s. Nope. Another good Damn. guess, though. Same time frame. I'm trying to think of the... Uh... Oh, I know one. I only know him because um, he played for the Cavs. World, I think you might have been Lloyd Free then. This is this is the one I never thought you would World get. World Free either. averaged thirty yeah. plus one year, thirty point two in nineteen seventy nine eighty uh, from the Clippers uh, to the Warriors. On, on how many shots? I told my. I apologize to our loyal listeners. I've told my World Be Free story before. I'm gonna tell it again. Yes. Sorry, I like to tell stories over and over. Bontemps makes fun of me. Guess what? So does everybody in my life. Hey, I I, I tell them on back to back podcasts all the time. You call me out for it, so go ahead. <laughs> World Be Free once said it's hard to average twenty in the league, and the reporter said, "Points?" He goes, "No shots." <laughs> all right, we need one more. 
That was the one I, I that was the one stats was convinced you wouldn't get. And I was Kareem. Well, Did I, we get, I, Kareem, I get Kareem? Kareem was the other one. Oh, Moses man. Kareem, Moses Kareem and world be free. Very well done, fellas. Should right. I tell Bontas that I actually saw it on a television show earlier today? Should I <laughs> wow, that makes more sense. Uh, I sold them that it was because I was a kid. I mean, geez, I was three years old when World Be Free got traded. Uh, that makes cat. more sense. Um, all right, uh, McMahon, any deals that you saw today? I, uh, while you're looking, McMahon, I got, I got an answer for you. While okay, you're go for it. To me, the big winners today, beyond anybody who ends up with Kevin Durant, the Philadelphia 76ers, getting... McMahon's old buddy, PJ Tucker, getting Daniel House on the biannual exception, who had a really nice year for Utah last year. Um, and getting, you know, they already got the Anthony Melton. We'll count him as part of their free agency. And getting James Harden opt out and take less money to allow them to get this done. To me, the Sixers are taking a very significant step forward. The Brooklyn Nets are probably not going to be, regardless of however this shakes out, they're probably not going to be one of the four best teams in the East right now. So to me, Big win for the Sixers. I think they're a clear top four team in the East. They got a chance to maybe get out of the East. The other winner to me is the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks go in and get DeJounte Murray yesterday. And we talked about it on TV today. I didn't think they were really a team that was in consideration for being a top four team in the East. Assuming the Nets drop down a level, which they're probably going to no matter what. I think the Hawks are in the conversation now for that. And I did really like them going to get DeJounte Murray, I think fits with Trey Young. So to me, I also don't think that they're done teams. I don't think that they're done. John Collins has been heavy out in the mm-hmm. uh, trade market. I don't know if they're going to find a home for him um, uh, that they like. I mean, obviously they could trade him that they like. Um, and now I'm hearing Kevin Herter's name on the trade market, especially after they acquired Makes uh, sense. Uh, Murray. So um, Herter has a new contract that kicks in. I think was he, would he still be base year compensation? Maybe it might be hard to trade. Do I look but, like um, Bobby no, Marks. He's on his extension. So I, no, he's on his extension. So he would not. You've be. got more hair. I was going to say my buzz cuts voluntary. <laughs> um, no, the Rockets, the Rockets reunion is, is a cute little thing. Uh, but uh, you, listen, we, we talked about it before. PJ Tucker is the exact well, kind of player that they they've need. They've been trying to make Eric Gordon happen too, but they haven't quite been able to pull that deal off yet. We'll see if that comes through. Yeah. Yeah. That, that one will be. Uh, interesting. I do think Gordon will get moved at some point, but that doesn't necessarily mean before the season. You've been saying that for six months. <laughs> I know. Right. I, listen, at some point, me too, gonna, man. Me too. At, at me some too. point, they're going to take a first round pick for him. They've had opportunities. They haven't pulled the trigger yet. Uh, you know, and at some point, he might uh, be a little yeah. more forceful in, in uh, trying to make that happen. Um, but, but like we've I, talked about, defense, rebounding, shooting, athleticism. Philly got all those things in house and Tucker. And Melton, I, I mean, Melton's not a great shooter, but he's, I mean, I just, I really like Melton, their offseason. Melton, who was a Rockets second round draft pick originally. Yep. I and just, then, I think they did a really good job. I really like what they've done. They made moves that make sense for their team. I think they've taken meaningful steps forward. One of their biggest competitors has taken a meaningful step back. Pretty big, pretty big win for them today, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've talked about the Brunson thing to, uh, to New York a lot. So I don't think there's any need to to go back over that shocker that the meeting with the Mavericks didn't end up happening. I mean, there was so much suspense going into it. Can I um, can I <laughs> can I set you up for something, McMahon? Yeah, uh, probably the one of the most surprising things I saw come across my desk today was JaVale McGee to the Mavs for three years with a player option the third year for the tax MLE. I was not expecting that. It really threw million? me. So I knew. And that I know you Ma- talked. No, the tax MLE about twenty six bucks oh. six a year. 
Yeah, I know you talked to him. Just yeah. what? So what? How did that come about? What's going uh, on? There? So I knew they had interest in him, and and look, they want you know they they wanted to just like we talked in the past about it. At one point, I thought the Mavericks might be a go bear team because they want rim protection, they want rebounding, they want a big time lob threat uh, for Luka Doncic. What they came around to is, yeah, but we we don't want to pay forty million dollars for that. Can we get you know? 50% of the production at, you know, 20% uh, of the, of the price is kind of without having to give up picks to do it. So they, they targeted McGee who has history with Jason Kidd, who's an assistant with the Lakers when McGee was there, you know, Dudley was on that team. Um, Greg St. Jean, an assistant was, was there. So he's, he's got some history there. I'm listening to this analysis of uh, the poor man's Rudy Gobert that I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. This is the but taxpayers. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy may never yeah, talk no, to that yeah. again after no, that. No, I, 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 all right, 40% of the production. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was funny. I thought JaVale McGee might never talk to me again because during his brief little uh, tenure in Dallas, we we had a little uh, tiff uh, when he told me all I needed Bam, to do my job was – All I needed to do my job was, was uh, two thumbs. <laughs> So two oh, thumbs up to the uh, to the JaVale <laughs> McGee signing. That's uh, but I did. Uh, but I talked gold to medal winner JaVale McGee. West three time NBA champion since then. And gold by the medal way, winner. by the way, beat Rudy's behind in the uh, gold medal game. I mean, I don't think he got off the bench, but hey, beat the French. So okay. he's got that on. But I t- I had a pleasant conversation with JaVale tonight. Uh, oh, gave him a call. He picked up Getting twenty million. Will will we'll brighten your day? <laughs> he'll even he'll even answer my call. Um, the, probably the most interesting thing during that conversation was Javel mentioning that he was recruited to be the Mavericks' starting center. The Mavericks just traded for Christian Wood, and so I did a little following up. And yes, he that wasn't Javel misinterpreting. He was recruited to have the starting center role for the Mavericks. Now, they might start Wood at the power forward. Christian Wood, who believes he is an, can be an all-star, who is in a contract year, I, I think bringing him off the bench could be dicey. Uh, they might start him at, at, at the power forward, but they they bring JaVale McGee in, and he won't be a 35-minute-per-game guy. You know, he, He's going to be somewhere in the, in the 20s probably, but they're bringing him in to be the starting center. McMahon, let me ask you about something. What's going on with this Jazz Nets trade with Royce O'Neal? Well, I tell you what, it was an interesting day. Hello. Hello, daughter. JaVale's calling him back. He wants to. Rare rare time I get a FaceTime from my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is. It was an interesting day for the Jazz. Royce O'Neal was Donovan Mitchell's best friend on the Jazz Uh until. They traded for Eric Paschal, who's Donovan Mitchell's best friend since childhood. What else happened today with Eric Paschal? Uh, they did not extend the qualifying offer to him, so they huh. they they wave adieu to who's, him. Who was Donovan Mitchell's choice for coach? Uh, I don't. I'll say this: I don't think he had any previous connection with Will Hardy. Was there um, another candidate that Donovan might have? Been had a better connection to for uh, coach? J- Johnny Bryant certainly has a a very good relationship with Donovan Mitchell. Uh, continues to wear the, the 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 Spider signature shoes. Um, was not it was not a finalist for the job. Was not what a finalist for the job. Uh, what, what I make, make of it is 
you know, to sum it up quickly, uh, Donovan Mitchell is no longer calling shots in Utah. Okay. Rudy Gobert is in trade talks. Will they get a, will they get a trade done for Rudy Gobert? I don't know. It's a hard contract to trade. Come on. Come on, Wendy. You, you, you're you're going to pretend like you know nothing? Um, what's going on, Utah? <laughs> there are signals that they are cutting costs and perhaps heading toward the rebuild that we... Why would they trade Royce O'Neal, a valuable role player for a draft pick? Uh, Why would they trade a valuable role player who's close to Donovan Mitchell for a draft pick? That saves a lot of money. And getting first round value for for Royce O'Neal after a down season, I you know I, I think that's yeah, Listen, you know, man, I don't know what's happening. Something's going on in Utah, man. Well, they just hired a 34 year old first time head coach, um, you know, and and Will Hardy. Certainly, everybody speaks highly of him, but that's not that's not a move that a team makes if they are trying to make deep playoff runs right now. I think the Jazz are primed for a rebuild, and they have not come out and said as much. But actions speak louder than words. What does it mean to rebuild? Y'all remember? What does it mean to rebuild? I can set you up better than that. Y'all remember the last time Danny ain't tried to coach? Anybody gonna answer Uh, that question? Doc Rivers. I'll be incorrect. Danny ain't hired Brad Stevens in Boston. In 2013, what else happened in 2013? Was that the this ain't a, this ain't a hard question, fellas? It's pretty I mean, simple. I, I'm walking late, you right to day. it. Is that the is that the the, the Garnett they, trade? They traded their franchise players to the Brooklyn Nets for a billion draft picks. What is um? And they gave Brad Stevens a six year contract. Will Hardy got a five year contract, got a five year deal. Just saying. Hey, what's I, going on in Utah? We've been advising a full-blown rebuild for months now, right? We, uh, that so, Royce O'Neal trade is a strange trade, buddy. Yeah, let, that let, is let, a let, strange they let, they let, trade. Uh, didn't pick up the uh, the I don't know if it was an option or non guarantee, but they let Bo Cruz go. I mean, another cost Franco cutting. Hernan, Hernan Gomez. Another Not cost everybody saw the movie. Not, not everybody saw the movie. Check it out. Hustle on Netflix. Um, um, unpaid endorsement. Something's going on in Utah, man. Do we want to talk about... Something's going on in Utah. Do we want to talk about Rudy Gobert trade destinations? Yeah, go ahead. I mean, so you, you uh, gave me a call tonight and... Mention and we've talked about, you know, the Minnesota Timberwolves have been on the hunt for a center. They want to slide Cat to the four, and that we've talked about them as one of the primary. Cat, by the way, in the next hour is going to be getting two hundred and thirteen million dollars. Congrats to Cat. Well, he might have a two hundred five million dollar front court partner in the not too distant future. Well, we'll see. That deal might not happen. It might not, uh, but uh, but we've talked. We've been talking about. You know, Atlanta's never really been in the mix for Gobert, despite a lot of, uh, I'm going to say rumor, speculation, whatever you want to call it there. That's, that was something that never really had legs. Chicago and Minnesota. Now, maybe there's going to be a mystery team. Maybe Toronto 
uh, you know, something ends up happening there, but it, it certainly seems like Chicago and Minnesota are. Well, there might be other teams involved. Let me ask you this. If they trade Rudy Gobert, then what? <laughs> I don't think it's a win now move. <laughs> Look, are you, are you, are, are, do you just go ahead and you're, you're trying to get me to say something. I don't something. know. I don't know. I'm not trying to get to say anything. I'm trying to, I'm trying to say there's something. Oh yeah, Man, I, no, I'm it, telling it, you that Roy O'Neal trade it's all, was it, like. It, what know, honestly, is that? here's what it here's what it kind of feels like to me. It kind of feels like, okay, Donovan, like you want to ask out, ask out, go on. You got three. Well, they're not. They're not years left. Okay, but they're not. They're they're done. But we're you know, talking about they're done doing about, everything they can to make him comfortable. Oh, hey, you happy? You know, what do you, you know, what do you want the uh, to be on the menu, who, who, you know, where do you want to sit on the play? I mean, they're, they're done with it. Feels like, feels like a situation where a coach who had won a lot of games over the past several years and is seen as a very highly regarded coach around the league, took a look around a few weeks ago and said, you know what? I'm going to go home. I'm going to rest my hip. I'm going to relax. I'm going to wait and get another job. That's what it looks like to me. So- I, I, I think, uh, you know, at, at this point, remember what Shaq had to say after he won the, uh, the title of Miami. <laughs> What's worse, uh, the possibility of the Jazz re- going entering a long rebuild or those New Jerseys? Oh. Man, you're really, you're really, <laughs> you're really going after them now. Jeez. So my uh, my my stepsons in their little going into fourth grade summer league, they have you know the the, the league doesn't provide jerseys; it's just a little informal type thing. So we. The, the coach went out and got like the cheapest jerseys we could find. They are bright yellow, little mesh things with black numbers. <laughs> I call them the junior jazz. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I, I'm not making these things up. That's a fact. Do they eat lunch together? <laughs> every day. Every day. <laughs> Usually with their iPads on the table, not talking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think I've gotten myself in enough trouble for tonight. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take the weekend off. Um, no, you're not. We'll see you tomorrow. And and you'll be on, on uh, what, you got to get up in the morning? Real quick. Uh, can we real quickly, Montemps, go over the uh, Detroit Pistons moves in this uh, usage of their uh, cap space? Well, the Pistons had a lot of cap space, Brian and Tim. And they use it on Alec Burks, Maryland's Noel, Marvin Bagley, and Kevin Knox. That's not a complete list. They also used it on Kemba Walker, who they bought out. And well, they, they did got, get a, they did get they did get a first round. They get Jalen Durham okay. with Kemba Walker. I'm setting that aside. Yeah, those four, those last but four they guys, they got up, one they second gave round Milwaukee's, pick. They gave up Milwaukee's pick in that process as well. Whatever year well, was, I, I would. I mean, they got Jalen Durham. The, the, the Kemba oh, Walker. They got, they got some the little Knicks. second rounders from the Knicks and some cash too. Six million. They got six million bucks. Yeah. Of course, they're spending nineteen million dollars more on. They're that, spending six they, million dollars on Kevin Knox. It just lit that six million dollars on fire. <laughs> it was an underwhelming use of a whole bunch of cap space for sure. I mean, I, the, I love sure, Detroit's young guys. I love Detroit's yeah. young players, but that that was some strange spending of money. Strange. Well, um, Knicks. By the way, Isaiah Hartenstein. It's a legitimately nice pickup for them. As a backup, as either a starting center or backup center, uh, Poe has a Mitchell Robinson. Uh, mm-hmm. I like the trade. I like the move too, but I got 
<laughs> I got an email. <laughs> I got a text from one of my uh, friends who's a he's a Knicks fan tonight, <laughs> and they know the NBA, but they don't know the NBA to, to know Isaiah Hardenstein. I'm surprised. I suspect I, I suspect I, sus- I suspect I know who you texted you, Brian. Who the bleep is Isaiah Hortonstein? <laughs> <laughs> I, I suspect I know who that is. <laughs> oh my gosh. Who is Nick's- he? Who's he play for? What position and who's he gonna replace? <laughs> <laughs> wow. The Knicks got better with Jalen Brunson and Isaiah Hartenstein. The problem is they had a long way to go. Well, this this friend of yours, I would say Google, but they might have Googled Evan Fournier last year and not been pleased with the results. <laughs> Very afraid of that. Uh, I did think that was a good signing, actually. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know what that means for Mitchell Robinson, though, uh, who didn't who emerged from tonight without a deal. So um, we'll see what that means. But um, these are sort of down the line, uh, down the line moves. Uh, all right, thank you for listening to the Plugged Podcast. Thank you to Jackson and Bruce, our producers. We're going to talk to you uh, on our video podcast, which you can watch on um, ESPN's YouTube channel. It'll come out on Friday or Saturday. You can hear from us after July 4th next week. We're going to delay to record until Tuesday morning, unless Durant gets traded on July 4th, then we'll have to have an emergency pod. Hey, will not be the first time he changed teams on July 4th. I mean, to be Russ might have some cupcakes. Our initial initial plan to not record over the weekend was before this happened. So who who knows what will happen over the weekend now. So we'll we'll at least be back Friday night. Thank you for listening. Adios, amigos. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.